0: The outbreak of coronavirus disease 2019, or COVID-19, may be stressful for people. Fear and anxiety about a disease can be overwhelming and cause strong emotions in adults and children. Coping with stress will make you, the people you care about, and your community stronger. Everyone reacts differently to stressful situations. How you respond to the outbreak can depend on your background, the things that make you different from other people, and the community you live in. In this episode, I am interviewing Dr. Nicole Alford, clinical psychologist. She is a former personal brand client that I worked with, and she is a professional who knows her stuff. This was a live interview I did via Facebook Live, and I hope that you enjoy this interview because I believe that we must pay attention to mental health during this time of safer at home and social distancing. The good Dr. Nick is going to provide us some tips on how to cope with the coronavirus safe at home and self-distancing national mandate. I want to also advise you that some of the audio is a little bit distorted, but yet the information is so good, I could not keep it from you. And so I hope you enjoy this live interview that I did with the good Dr. Nick or Dr. Nicole Alford, clinical psychologist. And I hope that you stay safe during this time. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another live with Marquise Brayton. So excited that you are with me today. I'm excited because this is a conversation I've wanted to have all week with someone who I know is very knowledgeable, someone who I know is professional, and someone who I know is well trained to speak on this topic. But before we get into this, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Marquise Brayton, aka your brand maximizer, where I'm all about helping corporate executives, as well as professional services providers to maximize and monetize their personal brand. So they shift from being the best kept secret to known and paid for their expertise. And today I actually have one of my former clients and we're just going to have this conversation all around mental health. You know the drill. As you come into the space, go ahead, type your name in the comments. Let us know where you're tuning in from because we want you to participate in today's live. And we want you to be engaged, share your questions, share suggestions, share any comments that you may have during this live. And we will also share that on our screen right in the live stream. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and uh, introduce our guest and have her come into the space, which she already is. And I'm just going to say, what's up, Dr. Nick, the good Dr.
1: What is up, Keith? Welcome, <laughs> welcome to everyone. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Good. Well, Dr. Nick, you know, I'm not going to bother reading your bio. I want you to just take some time and introduce yourself. Let us know about your professional experience and let us know a little bit about why I contacted you to talk on this
1: Sure. So, uh, Markeith, as you know, and to your many followers, and of course, uh, my followers that are watching, I am Dr. Nicole Alfred, also known as The Good Dr. Nick. I am a clinical psychologist. Uh, I have been doing that and practicing professionally for 23 years now, a long time. Uh, I am a former CIA officer, and so spent a good number of years of my career uh, embedded uh, into national security and uh, intelligence community and operations. Uh, I've done private practice. Uh, I still do some federal government consulting, so I've sort of done uh, a lot of things. We are here today to talk, of course, about something that is on everyone's mind, something that we are all dealing with, um, which is surviving this corona crisis. Um, And so Markeith invited me to be here and just to share and drop some pearls of wisdom to help everybody really navigate this very uncertain time.
2: Yes, you know, and
0: I've been thinking about it all week long as far as this conversation, because I know many people are not accustomed to, you know, staying at home and not having the social contact, especially those who may be similar to me who are single and they're they're used to not having people at the house. So they leave the house, right, to to have social events or go eat out with friends or participate in their fraternity or sororities. And right. I know that I don't particularly have a challenge with it because I've been working from home for the last two years and have right. become accustomed to it. But I, I can't speak for everybody else, right? Many people may not be as, quote unquote, introverted as I, which many people aren't. And they, you know, need to be out. And I said, you know, this would be a great conversation to have. What are some coping skills? What are some things that people can do uh, who are with family? in their house that still may need to have some kind of mental health exercises that they could be working while we get through or while we grow through, I like to say, this season of COVID-19 and having to experience the safe at home and the social distancing. And so I'll just like to start out the conversation with what are some of the things that you know people possibly deal with... Well, let me start out this way. I know that I have people in my experience with... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know something like this can heighten. Them. So let's start there. What can people begin to do who suffer with anxiety and they're experiencing a high level of anxiety?
1: Sh- sure. So, so first of all, I guess I want to say this. You are absolutely right. Um, people who already suffer anxiety or depression or have difficulties coping or have any other type of emotional or psychological vulnerability and they already know that um, this is going to be a super difficult time for them they're going to have more difficulty adapting to this than someone who doesn't have those um, previously known or uh, previously uh, diagnosed uh, issues of vulnerability so that's the first thing Um, We know, for example, that people who come from a trauma background can be re-traumatized going through this type of of an event or an experience because it will bring latent things up for them. So so here's the very first thing that I think that we all need to do, because you can turn on CNN or MSNBC, whatever is your news broadcast uh, that you frequent, and 24 hours a day, all you see is COVID-19, is corona. Corona this or Corona that, or you see the numbers of infections increasing, you see the death rate increasing worldwide and certainly locally, domestically. Right. So my first tip is this. You got to take a break from the news. You have to do a timeout from the news. That's number one. And that timeout can be um, as long or as short as you set it to be. The point is you have to give yourself, your mind, your psyche, your soul a break from so much negativity and so much angst and anxiety and worry. Um, some people turn it off for 24 hours and they say, you know what, probably not much is going to change in those 24 hours. I'm my I'm already in a shelter in place kind of state or city. Um, my local government has already shut down. So there's nothing much. I kind of so I can shut down for a, you know a day, a short period of time. But I think that is the very first thing we need to do. We need to put some limits and some boundaries around what we are taking in.
0: That's good. And so I'm going to be sharing those comments right on the screen. For those of you who have taken notes, I want to uh, share a a quick comment from Audra Lowry, Upchurch. She said, hey, (laughs) y'all.
2: Hey, Audra. Hey, sweetie.
0: Thank you for, for joining. But I just asked a question of, you know what can individuals do and i'm looking at my phone as well what can individuals do who suffer from anxiety the first tip that dr nick gave us put that on the screen she said take a break from the news right the news is giving us right. a lot of varying types of information and and it's inundating us with all of these different various forms of information. One of the things that I really like about what's happening in Nashville, they're doing the daily checkups and doing uh, daily information. But one of the great things is that the mayor has invited uh, the president of Meharry Medical College, who is a a PhD researcher, who also is a world-renowned scientist in infectious disease. And he comes on every day to give us tips on wow. how to take care of ourselves and how the spread of disease happens and things that we can And then another Meharry uh, faculty who is a psychiatrist, she gives tips on how to deal with our mental health. And so I think Nashville is doing a great job in informing people, not only with the news, but here are some things that you can do uh, with your mental health. Oh. Here are some things that you can do to protect right. yourself. And he started uh, this hashtag called Don't Be a Vector a vector, so that you know that you have a responsibility in not spreading the disease, right? By right. practicing the social distancing, doing uh, some fun things via online, virtually, or whatever, so that you're not a vector in possibly spreading it on to others who may be most Be
1: Because here's the thing, Marquette, the the deal is this: the deal is the stress, the anxiety, the angst, the worry, the depression, whatever term you want to label it as, that absolutely has negative effects on our uh, immune system, on our ability to be healthy physically and our ability to fight disease. And so what we want to do is not only we want to make sure we keep our head in the game, right? We got to make sure we're well enough to to process information, to keep ourselves healthy, to make good decisions. But physically, we want to make sure we're doing everything that we can to stay healthy and to not become a vector. So absolutely, we got to get this stress at bay. We got to keep it at bay.
0: That's Good. That's real good. So we have a few more others who have chimed in. Seems like some of your supporters are here. We've got somebody that said, hey, cuz, Valerie Cates.
2: Hey, (laughs) cuz.
0: Uh, T.R. Matthews, hey, Dr. Nick, we thank you all for for joining us. Deborah Maynard-Valentine, thank you for, for joining us today as well. What we want you to do is share this out with anyone whom you believe will find great value in getting these coping yeah. skills and these tips from Dr. Nick as we continue our conversation around mental health and the uh, stay safe at home or social distancing mandate that's in our nation. So, Doctor Nick, as we uh, continue our conversation, uh, what about fear that people may have around, you know, connecting uh, with others, or fear that this disease may be way more impactful than maybe what the news or what the president is sharing? How will how should people deal with their their fear or?
1: So, so fear is real, right? So we want to acknowledge. That. We want to acknowledge that the fear is real. This is an unknown. It is an unknown situation. It is like we are walking into the dark, and we have no idea what to expect. Largely, um, and so you want to acknowledge the fear. You, you certainly don't want to minimize that. Many people feel that, in particular, children. And and let me say this: our our kids, our children will take their cues from us. So how we cope with this, how well or unwell we cope, they will take the cues and they will learn um, and they will model and this will follow them into their lives. So super important for those of you who are parents or caregivers to young children, especially to know that. Back to fear, acknowledge the fear that you're feeling, that you're dealing with, that you're having, that you're coping with, that's number one. Number two, and here's where we have to do some self-talk, right? Because fear is the great paralyzer, right? And so you all know that term deer in the headlights and you all know what happens to deer in the headlights. They kind of get paralyzed by the fear and they don't know which way to move, which way to flow, which way to go. And so what happens is that they're stuck and then catastrophe happens. And so what we don't want to do is let that fear sit in and paralyze us, because that's what fear does. And so staying informed is a great way to deal with the fear. Although we discussed taking a break from news, when you come back from your break on news, you want to make sure that the news that you are incorporating into your mind and into your decision making, and that that information you're using is credible. You want to make sure it's accurate. Social media is not a place to get news, right? There are many different mechanisms to get it, but social media, we already know there's a lot of misinformation, inaccurate information, and indeed disinformation, deliberate attempts to send inaccurate information. And so you wanna make sure that the information that you're using is factually based, is accurate, um, uh, and is correct, quite, quite frankly. And so I think if you do those things, I think if you acknowledge the fear that you really are feeling, number one. Number two, I think if you arm yourself with really good uh, uh, information um, and equip yourself with really good uh, information, then number three, I think you'll be able to move accordingly and to make good decisions to keep yourself, your family members healthy. Um, So that's what I say about fear. Awesome.
0: Awesome advice. Equip yourself with the right, good information. But then I like what you said. I typed it in the comments. Don't let fear sit in and allow allow it to paralyze. Because yeah. fear does that. It paraly- paralyzes, keeps us from moving forward. It keeps us yeah. doing the things that we know we should be doing so that we don't, our minds are not consumed with all of this, these things that we've, that we may be afraid of, but it uh, it should we should acknowledge that it's there, but I like my pastor when he talks about grieving, he talks about that we 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 have to sometimes grieve on the move
2: mm. gotta, you know
0: yes feel the be feel the grieving part of it, but don't don't just stop and settle in and and let grief take over, and so I would like to. Say, share something similar, and that's uh, have fear on the move. Don't just absolutely in that fear, don't just sit in it and you're paralyzed, but have fear on the move. Uh, Joyce Myers says, Feel the fear, but do whatever it is you're gonna do.
1: Do it in fear. Fi- so, Marquis, so soldiers move in fear. So, it's not that soldiers are not afraid. I mean, you can interview anyone who's been in a combat situation. They will tell you, I was scared as I don't know what. But they moved in fear because they understood that if I stay here, the odds ain't going to be good for me. <laughs> They're not going to be on my side, right? And then lastly, let me add this, Marquise, if I might. You know, faith can't exist where, 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 where fear is, right? And so this is where we have to do self-talk. This is where we have to... Um, Really implement and really live out the faith that we read in our Bibles, that we that we hear at church every Sunday or or whatever it is that we that is our Sabbath and that we practice our faith. We have to live out our faith, and our faith tells us, right, that we are not meant to be to live in fear. That's what our faith tells us, and so we we cannot, to your point, we cannot just sit there and let that fear
0: over, overpower us, overtake us. Can't let it overtake us. So we have a few more comments that we're going to bring into uh, the live to share. Miss uh, Darian A. Perez Merchant, I can't, I think I may be saying it wrong, but well, my mm-hmm. bestie, the good Dr. Nick, dropping great pearls of wisdom. How do you explain the importance of staying put and practicing social distancing to our millennial and
2: teenage
0: children who often think they are invincible that's a
1: Yeah that is a good question and and so here's the thing very unfortunate. It is very unfortunate. But now we have the science on our side. So now we actually have numbers and we have statistics, very unfortunately, that that say not only can young people become infected, but in fact, we've, we've had some fatalities. Um, um, and sometimes people just need data. They just need evidence. They just need that. Now, back to the point with young people who who oftentimes you could show them as much data and evidence and hard science that you want. They're still going to be like, yeah, I'm 19. And and, right. And so nothing's going to ever happen to me. So I get that. This is where I think modeling, I think as adults, kids take their cues from us. So I think that's number one. Um, I think this is where having conversations, presenting that kind of data and that kind of evidence. Um, and if your kids are young enough and still in your house, then, of course, you have mechanisms at your disposal, like saying, yeah, you're not going out. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't do this. Um, I think equipping them with the information. Um, I think enlisting them in the solution. I think our young people like when we say, you know what, I don't I don't I don't know what TikTok is show me that. How can we have fun with this? I think enlisting them in creative ways and creative things that we can do and implement as a family, as a community, as a society, I think getting their buy-in, right? That's where we're having a lot of success with this. That's what we're seeing.
0: That's good. Good. Thank you for that, that question. Deborah Maynard says, Valentine, she says, the only news I want it, want to hear is all over, and we can back to our regular lives. She said, "The only news I want to hear is that this is all over, and we can get back to our regular."
1: Life. We all want to hear that. that That would be phenomenal when that day comes, and it and it is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to stay informed, Deb. We got to stay informed. We have to because things are changing by the hour, um, almost right. And it could be one situation today and. Tomorrow- Soon because it is very negative, right? A lot of it is, is negative, unfortunately, at this point. But there's light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Light at the end of the tunnel. Uh Teresa Barner, she says, How do you deal with your anxiety, especially when you have an ill loved one in the
1: Yeah, so that's tough, right? Because your your priority shifts from from you to the loved one that you're helping to take care of. So so I think, again, this is where your faith is going to come into play. I think you have to limit the amount of negativity that you're incorporating on a day-to-day basis, nevertheless trying to stay uh, informed. And most importantly, I think this is where you have to practice really good self-care. And so for 60 minutes or 30 minutes a day, um no caregiving responsibilities it's all about you. it's all about Teresa, and so maybe that's going downstairs into the basement and and praying or listening to music or working out um but that time is yours, and so I think that is where self care comes in and you have to give yourself permission to take care of Teresa because if Teresa can't take care of Teresa Teresa can't take care of anyone else right. And so Teresa's got to make sure that her mind can stay in the game um, and that she's alert and oriented and, and functioning. And most importantly, that she's calm and she's at peace and she knows that no matter what, stuff is going to be okay.
0: That's good. Yeah, you, know, you just mentioned the whole idea of exercising and being active. How, how important is exercise and being active to mental health?
1: Oh my gosh! There, I, I can't even stress how important. There's so, so much, much research, not only in the psychological front, but many of you who are who who are exercisers, um, and athletes even. You know, the research is very clear with respect to, uh, you know, decreasing a blood pressure, decreasing um a, a a heart heart rate and heart issues, um, decreasing stress and anxiety in your life, uh, improving your sleep at night. And so exercise, consistent exercise, has all types of positive health benefits. Um, But in the short term, what it will do is give you a break. It'll give you a break. It'll give you an opportunity to sort of um, burn off uh, some steam and some angst and some anxiety. Uh, It's self-care for you. And so I think that you got to incorporate exercise i think the exercise is something that you have to incorporate i started exercising again so i reinvigorated my exercise uh, regimen i have gym equipment in my basement so i don't have to leave the house and for those of you who don't have that you may not have a gym equipment or machine or anything you know that there are apps that you can use you know that there are workouts that you can um have deployed to your your, your smart TV, your smartphone, and your iPad, there are things that you can do. You can go outside for a jog or a run or just a power walk. Indeed, I I really recommend that people do that because you don't need an app, you don't need any device, plus it gets you outside in the sun. And the sunlight and the outside and the daylight is going to be really, really helpful in terms of improving your mood because we know from the research that's what vitamin D does. And so I can't tout enough the benefits of exercise. I can't tout it enough.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Exercise is important. I, I've been telling people I've been getting these good home workouts in. I'm like, I don't even need to go to the gym. I've been sweating nope. more
1: at home. <laughs> Many people may Man, cancel their gym memberships the gym. now. Right? Even
0: getting better results, I feel like, at home. I was like, I'm taking a few pictures. I might start sharing my little beach body <laughs> pictures here in a minute. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We have another question by Deborah Jones Speed. She says, How does an extrovert deal with social distancing and being quarantined? It's a struggle.
1: It's a st- hey, Speedy, first of all, thanks for joining us. It is a struggle. Um, the, the struggle is real for, for extroverts, um, but it is, it is even, I would say, more, uh, more, more real or more impactful for extroverts or those people who live who live alone um they are really at highest risk and and let me say this those of us who work in the mental health space space we are very clear and very poised for the aftermath of this the psychological and emotional aftermath of this uh, because the longer this social distancing and for those who are just quite frankly quarantined in their house and so they 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 just can't, can't leave at all Um, The longer that this goes on, um, the more we think that there will be a negative deleterious impact to people's wellness and mental health, Mm -hmm. emotional health. Um, So we are really bracing for what this is going to look like on the other side. To your point and to your question about how do extroverts deal with it? So extroverts... Um, won't deal with it. They will find a way to be extroverts, right? So, and that might look like a Zoom um, or Skype conference call with your friends, with with your sorority sisters, with your family members. That might look like um, if you live in a family situation, that might look like you, you know, the family all coming together and doing activities together instead of everybody sort of being in their own separate space and room. Um, it might look like phone calls and text calls and, and text groups, um, and, 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 conference calls. It will look like that. Um, the extroverts will find a way. And so we're not so much worried about the extroverts, but again, we're worried about those people who live alone, those solitary, um, people. Those are the people that we know are at, at the highest risk. So if you have anybody in your tribe, even if they're an extrovert, introvert, doesn't matter. They live alone. Please, please check on your people because we know that those are the people that's going to be the most difficult because they don't have the same outlets that people who live with other people have. I think that's good advice,
0: even, you know, for myself. One of the reasons why I do these lives, especially this week, was because, you know, I was like not able to get out, you know, go visit my mom here and there, but I still need some interaction. I still need some conversation, I still need a phone call or two to, to check yeah. on, check on me. Cause a lot of times I think that we can look at social media. I believe this person for me, for me, that people see that I post on social media all the time and I'm doing all of a lot of different things. And so in their head, this is what I believe. They're saying, Oh, he's okay. I just, he just posted that he's at right. such and such event or he's speaking at this event. And so I rarely get, Many of those phone calls sometimes during the week just to check on me, to, okay. And I think we it's because of social media. And I have even got to, I was like, well, maybe I shouldn't post as much because I think it's just an automatic thought that, well, Marquis is fine, right? And so, what do you what do you say to that? You know, how has social media maybe changed uh, some of our our normalcy when it comes to checking on people and? And really reaching out to folks just because we see that they're posting things and doing things on social media that may make us feel like, oh, they're doing fine.
1: You no, know, you're right. So social media has entirely changed the way we relate uh, societally. Um, humanity and how we uh, relate to each other, how we view each other, how we interact and how we communicate. Social media has changed all of that. I, I think the thing, the thing to, keep to keep in mind, and I know certainly now our children are getting this idea because we are teaching them this very important lesson is that social media, just like any picture that you take, uh, remember those old, I'm dating myself, Polaroids? Um, It's just an image. It's a snapshot in time and it's an image. And it's a carefully created image, just like that Polaroid, just like the portrait that you have painted of yourself. It is an image and it's just a snapshot in time. Um, It is not necessarily reality. It is very carefully crafted and put together. We post the very best about ourselves, the very best picture. And even we take the very best picture that we've taken and we doctor that and edit that and filter that. And so here's what I say. And I'm a little bit old school, right? I mean, I'm not a zillennial and I'm not a millennial. I'm a very proud Gen Xer. But here's what I say. I say there's, there's no type of touch like a real human touch. And so when you can't physically touch someone, you can reach out and touch someone with a phone call, with a text message, with a check-in, um, with a Facebook messenger, with an Instagram message. I think there are a number of ways with a WhatsApp. But again, check on your people. Those people who live by themselves are at the highest, highest risk. Can you imagine having to be sequestered in your house by yourself for God knows we don't even know when this is going to end and you're doing this by yourselves. It is a very difficult thing to imagine if you've never had to do that. If you've been coupled or in a partnership and you've been, you've lived with a parent or you have children, then of course your mind won't necessarily gravitate to that because that's not your existence, but that is the existence for many people. So I implore each and every one who is going to watch, who's watching live, who will watch it on playback, please, please, please check on your people. That's what I would say, Marquis.
0: Please, please, please check on your people.
2: Well, that's good.
0: Well, we, we've had a great conversation. I, I have plenty of questions I could be asking. Uh, if there are other questions that you have as it pertains to your family, yourself, Please type those in the comments. We still have a few more minutes of this conversation. I'd like to shift a little bit to our taking care of our elderly parents during the You know, a person who may not necessarily live with their parents, but they they need to check on them. I, was, I called my mother this morning, just asked her if she's really, you know, practicing social distancing. And one of her comments to me was, one of great spiritualness, a great faith, and at the end of her comment, I said, "Well, yes, we gotta have faith and we trust God, while at the same time we use wisdom. Yes, you know. And so, how do we really deal with our parents who are from a different generation, baby book, trusting God, which I do, you know, church going, Bible toting, believing folks who. You know, they hear the
2: news, but maybe not take it. Uh, you know, because of their great. And I'm treading
0: lightly so a little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, yes, I, I heard that tentativeness in your voice. So I think again, this is where you have to, um, you have to demonstrate. You have to live it out. I think uh, I am dealing with the same. Uh, well, I'm not going to say the same, but a similar issue with uh, with my mother. Who, who I'm pretty much the primary um, caregiver for. She doesn't drive. Um, she does live in a community that's walkable. And so I'm dealing with her now. So she wants, she thinks that she can go walk to the store every morning like she used to do. And so, and so for me, I just set the boundary. And she doesn't necessarily know I'm setting the boundary, but I've set the boundary. And so, and so what I do is I call her very early in the morning and I say, is there anything that you need? And she'll say, yes, because I'm going to the store. And I'll say, "Mm, yeah, no, I will go to the store. Give me a list. I'll pick up what you need. Um, And let's try and condense it. And let's try and just do this a couple times a week because, mom, I'm also at risk and I don't want to be going into the store. So I think we have to live it out with them. We have to demonstrate it to them. I think when we have those kind of conversations continuously, we'll kind of feel like we're banging our head against the wall because... You know that generation. They can be quite stubborn, right? And so, and then, and then of course, there's the there's the whole parental kind of expectation that I'm the parent. I've raised you, so clearly I know more than you. I've been on this earth twice as long as you, have, right? And so, and so there's a lot of that. So I think we have to live it out and 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 kind of show them by by demonstration and by teaching
0: show them by demonstration, a lot of times in this situation, we, to some degree, become for them because they can't do as much as they used to. They're not as young. They're not as mobile, even though my mother, she's just turned 60. What, two days ago, I was just driving up to check on
2: (laughs) cutting. Wow.
0: So I was like, and as much as I can try to convince her you could pay somebody to cut this
2: grass. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> going happen. I'm, I'm grateful and I'm
0: and I'm thankful that I have a mother who has the mobility to be able to cut her yard and get out there and do what she wants.
2: Absolutely.
0: Well, Dr. Nick, uh are there any other Things that, you know, come to come to mind or come to heart that you feel like you would like to share just around a mental health, around, uh, you know, this just hit me. There are some people, you're from the military, suffer from P- PTSD, have to experience social distancing it's in this time of being safer at home. What words would you give to them, because I know that's that many people I don't know something like this is that but what advice would you
1: give? yeah, so uh in my experience and i'm i'm not um I'm not a veteran i've I've not been in the military, but certainly as you know i've I have deployed to to various war zones on a number of occasions um This absolutely will be a difficult time for people who who suffer uh, with trauma or PTSD. Uh, It will heighten symptoms quite possibly, uh, quite probably. Um, Some people may experience flashbacks to certain situations. Uh, We have to be very concerned about our brothers and sisters um, living, for example, in New York City, because for many people in New York City, who have undiagnosed trauma from 9-11, this will absolutely re-traumatize many, many people. Um, And so we have to really, our thoughts and our prayers have to be and go with them. What I would say, um, I think is what any good uh, clinician would say, um, two things. Number one, please reach out, reach out to people. Even if you're feeling okay and you're, you're not experiencing any symptoms, if you have any type of emotional or psychological vulnerability, please don't self-isolate. Sometimes it feels so very natural to do, and sometimes that's what we want to do. Um, but please don't self-isolate. Please, please, please reach out to people um, using any modality. I would say number two... Oftentimes getting out of ourselves, looking outside of ourselves in our situation and helping other people is what helps us get through difficult, painful times in our lives. And so, to the extent that we have someone maybe here who is a veteran uh, who may be um, experiencing uh, some symptoms or have P- PTSD, to the extent that maybe you can lend a helping hand or go to the supermarket for an elderly neighbor or, Uh, Help someone or donate or give blood. But I think getting out of ourselves, looking outside and being of help to others certainly is a great emotional help to ourselves. So, those two things I would say, Marquis. Awesome,
0: awesome, awesome. Are there any other questions that anybody has on the live? Please feel free to type those questions in. We're going on about 40 minutes here and about to close out the live, but we want to make sure that we answer. Uh, Dr. Nick has an opportunity to answer any of your questions around this mental health practices, you know, just any question that you may have, please feel free to type those in the comments. Uh, my last question for you, Dr. Nick, is we're talking about mental health as we grow through this season, but what about mental health as we come out of this? And and Place mental health as a focus on daily life. What, what advice, what tips, what things would you advise as we come out of it and, and things, quote unquote, possibly may get back to normal? What are some things that we can do to maybe prepare ourselves or strengthen for another time when something because we know that tragedy and
2: challenges always are
0: so how can we best prepare us for
2: those challenges?
1: So I think that uh we have to frame this uh in a in a certain uh box, if you will. I think we have to look at this and regard this in a certain respect. And I think And I love what you said, Markeith, in terms of growing through. I think we can say to ourselves, listen, I have no choice. This is happening. This is my reality at this moment in time. But I got two choices. I can either go through it or I can grow through it. I can either let this time elapse and pass or I can say to myself, um, what can I do? What can I work on? How How can I be better on the other side of this than I am now? And so I think, um, everyone really should ask themselves that people, you know, people are teleworking largely as you know, Marquis. people are home and many of them know mentally cognitively, they know I'm sitting at a computer for eight hours a day. Um, I'm not getting as much physical activity, even if I didn't exercise before now I'm literally sitting for eight hours a day. I can't do much. I can't go anywhere. And all I'm doing is making trips to the refrigerator. And so my point simply is this, if that is a reality that you know and you accept and you say to yourself in your mind every day, then I think, again, you got two choices. You can say, either I'm going to sit here and I'm probably going to be 10 pounds heavier at the end of this crisis, this ordeal that we have to go through, or how can I leverage this time that I have to not be 10 pounds heavier? In fact, indeed, you know what? I think I kind of want to be 10 pounds lighter. So I think it's all in how we frame it. I think we have to ask ourselves, what can I do with this time? How can I utilize? You know, Marquis, I happen to think that this is happening for a reason. And I think for many of us, it's allowing us a time to slow down. And when you have time to slow down, you have time to introspect and reflect and think about you, about your life, about decisions, about how you want to live in the future. And so, again, I think you just have to ask yourself those two questions, right? That's, yeah, that's what
0: I think. I'm glad you shared that because two weeks ago in my time of devotion and reading and study, uh, even for my own personal self, I believe the Lord spoke to my spirit, spoke to my heart. This is a time of reset. Mm. A time of reset. Evaluating what was to strategize and plan what you would like to see. And and I said, well, God, I really need an example so that I can share this with. You. He reminded me of a time when my MacBook Air was just having some challenges. It it wouldn't operate the way I wanted it to. And I at first got upset and got to the point where I just wanted to slam the MacBook Air because I'm like, it's not working. I gotta get all this work done. But I came to myself as Paul was and I said, Well, let me take it to the simply Mac place National to find out what's going on. He looked at it, studied it, said, Well, the best thing that we can do is to reset it back to the actual.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah.
0: And I believe that this is a time for us to reset back to the manufacturer, to reevaluate who we have been and whether or not that's in alignment with the manufacturer.
2: Mm. And if you
0: find that you're a little bit off alignment with the manufacturer setting, I'm preaching, then you have an opportunity during this time of COVID. 19, during this time of of social distancing, during this time of safer at home, you have an opportunity now to do some introspective work to get in alignment with the manufacturing setting so that you can maximize the moment when this is all over, so that you can maximize the life that you have left, so that you can maximize the opportunities that are going to come your way from this experience so that you can maximize all of the gifts, talents, and skills that you have. And so in this time of resetting that book that you wanted to write, you got time to sit down and think about what the words need to be in the, uh, that business that you wanted to start that you hadn't started yet. You have time to now create the strategy and to listen to videos and take some trainings from individuals who can help you get it started. Um, That business that you started and that you got frustrated with and you put aside, you got some time now to really think about, okay, how can I do this again a better way? That relationship you let drop that you know was a good relationship, but you kind of got into your own mind. about. Maybe it's time to reconvene and give that person a call and say, hey, I apologize for distancing myself, but I just wasn't ready. This is a time of resetting. I'm not just speaking to you. This is what God spoke to me.
2: And That's so if good. you know
0: that you've been out of alignment and you find that that alignment hasn't produced the results that you want, let's get back in alignment. Let's reset and move forward. That's my word for the day. I am Marquise Braden, and I approve this message. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that was a good message because here's the deal, Marquise. The deal of everything that we've been discussing, and certainly that that eloquent uh, snippet that you just gave us, those pearls of wisdom. Here's the deal in all of it. The deal is this: there will be an end to this. Mm -hmm. This is not going to be forever. Somebody, I was posting something the other day, and somebody wrote, "This is our new normal." No, I don't accept that. This is not a new normal. This is the now normal, Mm -hmm. right? But this ain't going to be a new normal. Right. I don't accept that. This is not going to be forever. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. We will come out of this. And so, again, how do we want to emerge from this? Do you want to be bitter or you want to be better? Right. That's
2: that's that's the question.
0: Good stuff. Good. Well, Dr. Nick, this has been a great, great conversation. We'll be able to people will be able to catch the replay of this on your page, on my page want to share it via my podcast as well. Maximize your... If you haven't subscribed to my podcast, if you go to your iTunes app or your Google Play app or your favorite podcast app on your phone, you'll be able to catch this in the Maximize Your Podcast. It's going to be on our various pages. I I think this has been a great conversation. And so what I'm going to do is give Dr. Nick some final words to say to share with you as we... Continue to be safer at home and practice social distancing. And she is going to give you information as well as how you can stay connected to her and visit her pages and websites so that you can glean and learn as much as you possibly can. Because I believe Dr. Nick is <laughs> Wow, is
1: that is that a prophetic word? That might very well be. So, so again, I think there are just a couple of, of simple tips that I want to give to you and I hope that we've given to you. Uh, here today. Uh, limit your, your, your input of news. Um, make sure the news that you are getting when you're watching the news is accurate news, it's vetted news, um, that it's not misinformation or disinformation, uh, because certainly that that will only serve to increase your anxiety if you're getting mixed messages and, and, and inaccurate information. Um, number three, exercise. I can't tell enough what physical exercise will do for you, mind, body, and spirit. Um, And then number four, and perhaps the most important one, ask yourself, what am I going to do with this time? You know, I have this time. I'm not commuting to work. I'm stuck in this house. What am I going to do? What can I do with this time to be better at the end of this crisis? Um... I believe if we look outside of ourselves and we try to help others, I, I think certainly we will be helping ourselves. So I am the good Dr. Nick. I'm Dr. Nicole Alfrey, clinical psychologist right here in the DMV. You can follow me on Facebook, on Instagram at the good Dr. Nick. That is T-H-E-G-O-O-D-N-I-K Nick. Um, Please follow me. Uh, you can access uh, me uh, at my website, www.thegooddrnick.com. Marquis, thank you for this great opportunity. I think this was a wonderful conversation, a great idea. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Nick, for, for joining us once again. And thank each of you for joining for this live, this live on mental health and how we can develop coping skills as we are practicing safe at home and social distancing. Once again, I thank you for joining me. I am Markeith Brayden of Markeith Brayden & Company LLC, where we're all about personal branding, helping corporate executives, as well as professional services providers to maximize brands so they shift from being the best kept secret to known and paid for the expertise. I believe in you, and it is my purpose to help you to be in alignment with your purpose and live the life that you crave. If you are interested, And being a part of my email list so that you know when we are having workshops and opportunities of training, all you have to do is text the word brand me. That's all one word, brand me, one word, no spaces, to 77222. Or if you'd like a consultative meeting with absolutely complimentary 30-minute discovery session, there's a link in the post where you can schedule some time to talk if you're ready to get in alignment. And ready to take your personal brand, your skills, and your abilities to the next level because the world needs work. So, once again, thank you for joining me. And I look forward to doing another live uh, very soon. Always shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded.